On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we follow Megabrat, Mary Lennox from India to England, and Francis Hodgson Burnett's The Secret Garden, and the 2020 seemingly made-for-TV adaptation of the same name. We ask the question, much like other adaptations, did the writers actually read the book? Also, why the different time? You go from turn of the century to 1947. Content warning for this episode, we're going to be touching on topics such as neglect, abuse, physical, verbal, psychological, emotional. Emotional, spiritual, environmental. (laughs) Racism. Because, you know, turn of the century England occupying (laughs) India. The natives. Yes. How dare you. Yeah. And just kids being general brats, but ultimately I think that's because of the neglect. Yeah. Yeah. Not learning any kind of social skills will do that to a child. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Jackie D and Mel B here. Uh, Here we are. We're going to ask a lot of questions about this book to screen adaptations. Because we, we have we have questions. A lot of questions. Yeah. First, yeah. why did it ruin my favorite for my birthday month? Yeah, but we remedied it by watching your favorite we adaptation. Did. Yeah. I know we did. Yep. Okay, if you haven't already done so, please like, follow, share, etc. Us on the social medias. Uh, we really appreciate it. We really, really do. Um, I noticed that on Facebook a couple of days ago my mom had commented on the the page saying that she really liked the red badge of courage just because of the civil war but somebody (laughs) else somebody else had commented saying that they really really loved unbroken and it should be titled unbelievable because there's no way that a human being can survive that but oh yeah louis zamperini did that might be one of my most surprising favorites we've done so far in the show yeah yeah, definitely. Do we have to? Do I need to log into Facebook? Is that where you're telling me? Uh, well, because it's tied to my page, I get the notifications, so I see all that shit. Gross. Mm, anyway, yeah. I guess I'll, no, no, no hate to anyone out there still on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Just I don't want to know what time of bread I am, so don't send me the link. <laughs> we don't need to know what kind of bread we are because we're human beings, and yeah, I'm happy I'm- being that. And I'm pretty sure I'm just run-of-the-mill white bread, okay? Yeah, yeah. me too. Maybe potato (laughs) bread because of being German, but whatever. Okay, we're dedicating this week's F-bombs to us because we are mothers and we have managed to raise kids that are nothing like the kids in these books. Is this the second episode in a row we're just dedicating to ourselves? Just Uh, patting ourselves on the shoulder? I mean, we've raised functioning members of society. At least we hope so, so far. That is true. Yeah. And to be fair, we did just get back from vacation. We were gone for two weeks. We apologize, but we're going to make up for it with two episodes this week, not just one. Yeah. Uh, But this is, we were on vacation. Why, Jackie? Why were we on on the cruise? Uh, First of all, we deserve it, but also we wanted to to congratulate our daughters 
three 15-year-olds between the two of us who managed to get through a year of high school without getting knocked up, addicted yes. to the drugs, the involved drugs. in fights or any kind of violence whatsoever. Yeah. They didn't join a gang. Yeah. So. I say, you know, woohoo! Success! Yep. Yep. So we're back. We're diving into uh, August is my birthday month. I am a Leo. You're welcome. So I got to pick, like Jackie got to pick during her birthday month back in April. I picked this and I started off with one of my favorites from a child. It's The Secret Garden. It's the 1993 adaptation is what I was basing this off of. Uh, So we decided to change it up and do the new adaptation, which we didn't even actually, I didn't know it was a thing until we, I think we were doing, and then there were none that episode when we were doing the casting part of it. When I was looking up the one character, it said, oh, she's in the secret garden. I was like, there's no way she's so young. There's no way she was in that movie. Uh, And it's like, no, 2020 secret garden, the Mm -hmm. pandemic secret garden. So we decided to do that. And I, uh, I regret it. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. But we're not giving away our reviews just yet. No. First, we're going to talk about what we're drinking. So, Jackie? I am drinking a wonderful Bodington's Pub Ale. It comes in a can. They had it at Wegmans. It's from England, so that's essentially why I'm drinking it. There's no other reason. (laughs) Sorry. No, sorry. I like it. Well, the other (laughs) option, the other option would have been to go with India, which is IPA, and... You're not going to do that? No. No. I would like to function tomorrow. I just don't do beer, so I'm not doing that. Um, But what I am doing is a drink called a French whore. It's similar to a French martini, and you're wondering, why French if we're in England and India? It's because I don't care, because I found a new favorite liqueur, and that is Chambord, and I will drink everything and anything with it. And we're being a little whimsical and fancy today, so I spruced it up. It is uh, vodka. I put a mango vodka in there, and it's fantastic. Yes. The Svedka stuff? Yes. 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 Mango vodka. With the Chambord, and if anyone's not aware of what Chambord is, um, get your head out of your ass and go get some. But it's a black raspberry mixed berry liqueur and it's so good um and then i you shake it up with some pineapple juice and what i do is i top it off with prosecco because hmm. that's what jackie got me from the store yeah yeah it's close enough to this is what we champagne. do we see something it, it we're like that would work that works yeah. it's sparkly it's boozy I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am just a little upset because I was going to drink it in my goblet that we got from Germany, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's in the wash. Mm. So I'm just using one of our uh, martini glasses that we got for another episode we did. Uh, next time I see that sitting on the counter in the sink, I'm just going to hand wash it for you because <laughs> I just, I don't want anything to happen to it. I really don't. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drinking game, Jackie? I uh, could not find any, which is weird because for the next episode, uh, the color purple, which is decidedly heavier 
in content. Yeah. Just seems kind of inappropriate. I found one. But this one, I could not find any, so I would say drink any time the word garden is said. Mm. Uh, and if you're going with the book, also drink any time they say the word magic. Yeah, that's probably good. Or, or you the could, more. You yeah. drink any time they say the more. The more, and also any time they say Dickin, because Dickin? they say Dickin a lot. Yeah. Or Martha. Yeah. Yeah. And any time they start, like, speaking all weird... Yorkish or whatever it's called. Alright, uh let's go in you read and watch that jazz. Um our hearts are so in this right now. I watched it first and I honestly I don't remember where I watched it, Jackie. Uh I think we watched it on your TV downstairs. Yeah. Um I don't know where you Got it. No. Uh, did I actually bite? Yeah, I did bite on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I know we that. watched the older one together. Yeah. I don't... Um, Apple? I don't know. I probably bought it. I probably spent money on this trash. Uh, I, does it matter? Yeah. Does it matter? It's not free anywhere, that's for sure. So, if you want to watch it, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, uh, and then I read the uh, paperback because I always do that, yeah. and um, I liked mine because it looked like one of the school books you'd get, you know, just like old school classic, uh, and it had pictures in it, and Very it nice. also had keys down at the bottom for weird words, and it would explain what they were. So I actually think I bought an educational <laughs> version of this book. But I it came in handy because there's some fucking words that they use that I don't know. And only did, if I actually wanted to know what it meant, I looked down, I knew it was down there, but there's some words where I'd see the little asterisk and I'm like, I don't care enough. And mm. <laughs> just kept reading. <laughs> the like millisecond it would have taken me to like literally look my eyes down and back up, it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> So I made up my own interpretation for the word. Uh, at least it was footnotes and not endnotes. Because then you would have yeah, had yeah, to, yeah. That would have been more effort. Then I would not know anything that was going on. Yeah. You'd be like, what? Because I there would not a, go back. There was a robin? Okay. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> um, I read first uh, Kindle Unlimited because I finally bit that bullet. Um, mm. Yeah. Definitely worth <laughs> it because this is not, well, book... I'm going to say, okay, we'll get to our reviews later. Uh, but the movie I watched on Amazon Video, which I actually paid full price to mm. keep it. See, now, and now you understand. I wish, I wish I would have rented it. Or neither. Because mm. I never, ever, ever want to watch this movie again. Ever. Maybe Annabelle will watch it. Maybe Nick will watch it. Uh, I'm going to make Annabelle read the book first, though. And then yeah, have her watch. and then watch 1993. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then she can watch 2020 and be like, that was awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look at us. We're not even like three minutes into this, and we're already like, fuck it, <laughs> we hate it. If you guys want to listen to more? We'll talk about it. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. Jackie, you know what else comes with Kindle Unlimited? What? All the smut. Oh, I, I, I got the raw thank you books thank you yeah. good 
Yeah. Good. I'm telling you, just read raw and then raw whatever, like the whatever word it means to come back alive. Uh, just, I didn't do dirty. I don't, I, it's a character I didn't care about. Anyway, we're talking about some that's nothing to do with the show. Everyone's like, what the <laughs> fuck are they talking about? Um, if you're reading the smut on Kindle Unlimited like we are, then, <laughs> then you know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we'll talk about that at another time on a different podcast or in social media. <sighs> Should we get into like what the story is about? Uh, sure. Go for it. Okay. Uh, overview. The book. When orphaned Mary Lennox comes to live at her uncle's great house on the Yorkshire Moor, she finds it mm-hmm. full of secrets. The mansion has nearly 100 rooms, and her uncle keeps himself locked up. And at night, she hears the sounds of crying down one of the long corridors. The gardens surrounding the large property are Mary's only escape. Then, Mary discovers a secret garden, surrounded by walls and locked with a missing key. One day, with the help of two unexpected companions, she discovers a way in. Is everything in the garden dead? Or can Mary bring it back to life? No. Wow. She can. <laughs> um, she needs help. She needs help. She Yeah, she does need yeah. a lot of help. I think she pulled like three weeds. Yeah. And I was like, I did something. Yeah. <laughs> and Dickon came in and she's like, good start. Good start. Yeah. But this is how you should actually do it. Okay, uh, the book was first published in serialized format between November 1910 and August 1911 in the American Magazine, and one of the things that I read was that that magazine was actually geared towards adults, so Mm. it was kind of surprising that the story itself was geared towards children, but it was published in an adult magazine. So, why that weirdness? I don't know. Maybe it's meant for adults to read to their children? Forcing parents to stay at home and read to their children? I don't know. Especially during this time, like in England, like everyone's working in, what they call those? Like the the shitty, shitty... Sweatshops and stuff? Yeah, or was that later? This was No, this this was pre, I think, major union movements, so... Yeah, the ones where they were, like, indentured servants, essentially. Yeah. Like, real, real bad. Yeah. I think it was up until, like, the 30s or so, until mm-hmm. England was like, whoa, this is kind of bad. Yeah. We're not going to do this anymore. The people just die. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't think those people are reading to their kids. Oh, no. Or buying magazines. Or can read. Um, yeah, no, yeah. fair. <laughs> it's been adapted so many times, it's not even funny. Um, uh, mm-hmm. five movies. Uh, the first one in 1919 is believed lost. So gone for good. Uh, oh. Th- yeah. Then in 1949, black and white, but the parts restored in the restored garden were actually in Technicolor. Oh, so, like the Wizard of Oz? Yep. Yep. That's cool. Yep. 1993, which is your favorite, in which... With Maggie Smith. Dame Maggie Smith, uh, mm. played Medlock. Uh, and then 2017, it was a science fiction adaptation in the Victorian style. I don't even what know even what that means. means. <laughs> what I, does that mean? I don't know. Um, and then uh, we've already glossed over or come straight out and said that we hated the movie, but this garbage 2020 film. 
<laughs> That's garbage. Uh, TV, so many, six and all, uh, some series, some TV movies. Interesting fact, the 1987 Hallmark Hall of Fame TV movie had Colin Firth as the adult Colin Craven. Um, Colin Firth, uh, as you know, is my wonderful, lovely BBC adaptation, Mr. Darcy. Love him. And he played Mark Darcy and Bridget Jones, so we're tying it back to our podcast because we've done Bridget Jones. Uh, they changed the story with Archibald uh, as a friend of Mary's father so Mary and Colin could get together and it not be weird. It was also filmed in Highclere Castle, which everybody should know as Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey! Yep. And there's also a Japanese anime TV series. Oh, wasn't there one for Little Women too? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Didn't we say it was like Sailor Moon? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's also been stage adaptations, uh, about nine, I think. Uh, Some eventually did make it to the stage, some did not. And there's Mm. an opera. That's strange. An opera. Who's singing opera, the little kids? I I guess so. I don't know. I mean, they're like 80% of the screen time. Maybe it's... Uh, adult versions of them singing the opera, reminiscing about their childhood, and then you have some weird kids in the background doing garden things. Oh, you're thinking way too into this. All right. right. Whatever. It's the only time I've ever thought about it, so it's not like I'm wasting time on it. Uh, And then there was also a radio adaptation. 1997 Focus on the Family Radio Theater did an adaptation for the radio. That's strange. 1997. That's like something you think was done like in the 40s or 50s. Yep. Where people would like huddle around the radio. Uh, I'm pretty sure huh. this is like people who don't have TVs in their house, maybe. In the 90s? I, I guess. Uh, Late 90s? Nick's grandmother never had a TV in her house. And she just died last year. Oh. Huh. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stop being bougie. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Jackie had a lot to say about the book. Um, Here's the movie. An orphan girl discovers a magical garden hidden at her strict uncle's estate. (laughs) That's it? Sounds boring. Come watch. There's a tagline, though. (laughs) Unlock your imagination. Thank you. Thank you for that. What if I don't want that? (laughs) Like, I don't want it. I have no imagination. Uh, so, here's something that both the adaptations have, the 1993 and the 19, or 2020, I should say, is that they change the relationship between the parents, meaning the aunt and uncle, the siblings, um, in, from the book. So, from the book, it's a brother and sister. That's who the parents of the show, so not, okay, let me, there's no incest in this, let me reframe it's the uncle is married the her uncle with the estate that has a garden. That uncle is married to her biological aunt who is the sister of her father. Mm-hmm. So it's a brother and sister, but in the movies the 1993 and the 2020, they made it that they're their mothers and they're twins. Yeah. So that's something that they share 
it, it's really weird why they went this route. Uh, they do a bit more with it in the 2020 than the 1993, but it was just something odd to see, which makes me also wonder, like, I said this to Jackie while we were watching 1993 when I was like, I think that the people who created the 2020 version made an adaptation of the 1993 adaptation. Yeah. It's not even an adaptation of the book. It's yeah. just a version of the movie. Yeah. Okie dokie dokie dokie. Let's, uh, should we talk about the reviews? Sure. All right, Jackie, you got the book. You go. <clears throat> Okay, so on Goodreads, the book had an average of 4.14 out of 5. Uh, out of that, the highest percentage was 5 out of 5 at 43%. So people overwhelmingly like this book. Mm. Uh, there's about 1.04 million ratings. Of those ratings, there's about 23,000 reviews. Wow. Yeah. So, <sighs> Okay. Most of the reviews that I found of this book were very dry and also very long and also essentially said the same thing uh, along the lines of it's a classic if you don't like it, what's wrong with you kind of thing. Oh, like Little Women. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so this first one, five out of five, this delightful children's classic, first published in 1911, pulled me right in with the cholera outbreak, it's a weird place to start, Mm -hmm. and continued with a bit of mystery, lots of magic, and some pretty important learning experiences for both children and adults alike. Not surprising, this wonderful book is on the 100 books everyone should read at least once list. Enchanting, super fast read, and a beautiful cover. Loved it. Okay, good for you. Yay. Yep. Uh, the next one that I found, uh, one out of five. If you like reading about gardens and children, this book is, this is the book for you. If you're a somewhat normal person like myself, maybe steer clear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't do it. Yep. Uh, there's a couple other one stars that I found. Um, one person, I was kind of intrigued what their first rating was because they said, after some thought, I've decided to change my rating. And I feel like this review was written under pressure, like submission to peer pressure. Oh. Because they continue, as a privileged little white girl, I love this story because it was about a privileged little white girl. The racism in this book is just swept under the rug. This is not a story I would want to read to my children when there are so many other books with better messages that don't have racist characters who treat their servants cruelly and with disrespect. Let's read stories with modern thoughts and better messages. So, she, well, whoever this is, ends that with modern thoughts and better messages. Maybe reading this and understanding that's how it was at the time. Yeah. And to, like, you don't have to like it. Yeah. You can go, like, yeah, that's that's awful. And that's horrible. Yeah. And then you can look at it and be like, oh, we don't, we've moved on from that to a point, maybe that we need to fix it some more. Mm-hmm. Probably. Absolutely. But you can say, yeah, because this was turn of the century, turn of the century in colonized India. Yeah. 
And also, the servants thing is, like, really not the forefront of this book. That I think that's why she says it's swept under the rug. I don't think it's swept under the rug. I think it just doesn't really have a role in the majority of the story. The whole point of the story after she gets to England is how much she changes. And one of the things is how she treats others around her. And she even reflects on how she treated the servants yeah. in India. So she... Which is even more amazing because here we have an author that's writing this book at this time where that is the sentiment, you know, to treat these people less than human. But we have an author writing about a girl who did that and then reflects and said, wow, I was awful. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that. I don't don't treat people that way. So maybe you're still like a privileged little white girl. Yeah. And you just don't, you can't grasp these types of concepts. So good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last one out of one that I found was pretty, quote, old, end quote, and neither compelling nor particularly interesting in this day of fantasy novels. All I could think of was sugary syrup. I just picked that one because it made me think of you and me and you, Mel, in the books that we normally read. And we're like, yay, Faye, and... Mm-hmm. It's like, when are we going to find out that Dickon is actually a fey lord? Yeah. And he's come to rescue her from yeah. this and take her away. Yeah. Actually, this is how twisted I am. I think I turned at one point to Jackie and I was like, this is like the kid version of Outlander. Yeah. <laughs> like between her and Dickon. <laughs> when it's really not. I don't know why I made that connection, but that's where my brain is going. So, yeah. Remembering these kids are like 10 and 12 and I'm like... Yeah, they're going to live happily ever after. They're going to get married when they're adults. It's going to be amazing. It's like, no, they're just kids playing in the dirt in an abandoned garden. Yeah, that nobody wants. And they're ignored by their parents. Yeah. So. I'm like, no, no, he's going to understand or he's going to rescue or take her away. Maybe not. she's going to be a fey princess (laughs) in another universe. She's going to come into some hidden power that she never knew she had. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Robin's really her fairy godmother. Yep. yep. <laughs> okay, okay, the movie, the movie, the movie. Movie, uh, shockingly, <laughs> 5.5 out of 10. It's fairly new, and it doesn't really have a lot of reviews. It's only about uh, 8.7,000. Um, 6 out of 10 was the highest ratio at 25.2%. 9 was like 2.3. I love how Jackie does these analogies. She, she likes to say that um, reviews look like middle fingers. Yeah, the ratings graph looks like middle fingers getting stuck up. It's just like, yeah, because that's showing you that like people generally were like, it's okay. Yeah, but it wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> the I was gonna say something so bad. I'm gonna say it. So the the stories, movies, or books that have the best like, I really want to read are the ones that look like they're giving you the shocker. <laughs> because that's, like, it's so polarizing that people are like, I love it! And, like, yeah. a lot of people are like, no, this is awful, this is bad, no, yeah. don't read this. And then there's, like, a whole group of people towards the higher, they're like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. 10 out of 10, this one, says, a classic reimagined for today's family. It goes, boy, Some of these reviewers need to go back to reviewing the Olive Garden salad on Yelp. 
The movie was wonderful, all caps. Beautifully filmed with the perfect amount of CGI, and Colin Firth was predictably excellent. I mean, okay, I'll give you that. It would make a great film for a family night with a big bowl of popcorn. Oh, just set the dreamscape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say something. I, Colin Firth is amazing in it. Yeah. But at, to a point where I was like, you know this movie isn't about his character, right? At all. I felt like we spent too much time on him. And I'm like, we get it. Colin Firth is great. Love him. Treasure. But also, his character is really no, nothing. No. So why are we on Colin again? But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Five out of ten. I picked this one. You'll know why. Bad remake. 1993's movie was perfectly good. No need for this remake. It's not good. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> One out of ten. The entire movie seems like Mary's hallucinating. Mm. I was actually liking this movie until every other scene looked like a weird hallucination that Mary had. It started to seem incredibly random. They took out all the novel's world building and replaced it with CGI. While beautiful, it wasn't very coherent. Changing the movie's timeline to the 40s didn't seem necessary other than being different to the other adaptations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm on board with that. Yeah. I agree. Well, since we were going on a little rant about Colin Firth, why don't we talk about the characters and the casting? Okay. Go for it, Jackie. Just get it out there. Okay. In the book, what we have for main characters are going to be Mary Lennox, Mega Brat. Mega Brat. <laughs> Dickon, Animal Charmer, Dr. Doolittle. Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Colin, also another mega brat. Hmm. Uh, Martha Sowerby, Mrs. Medlock, Ben Weatherstaff, and Archibald Craven. And for the movie, we had all of those except no Ben Weatherstaff. Yeah. Or any of the other staff for that much. Yeah. Because you no. had, what was his face? The, like, the, the valet? The, uh, the footman? He yeah. was carrying it down the stairs all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, he was not that big because we're sitting here struggling no. trying to remember who no. he was. But I just remember he'd be there every now and then. And really no Robin in the movie. Oh, it was a yeah. dog. It was, yeah, it was a dog. Yeah. Ugh. Who she named Jemima for some reason? Jemima. Yeah. Somebody could also say that that's racist. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So casting? Yeah, yeah. For Mary Lennox, we have Dixie Edgerix. Wow. That is a name. Yeah. Spelled E-G-E-R-I-C-K-X. Wow. She's a young one. I have never seen anything that she's been in besides this movie. Yeah, this might be her, like, debut. Yeah. Uh... The Lord Archibald Craven, played by Mr. Colin Firth. He's my precious Mr. Darcy. I love him. Mr. Darcy. Okay. Yes, but he's not my favorite Mr. Darcy. I know. You're like a Matthew McFadden person. Did you just call him a faggot? No, McFadden. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, jeez, Jackie. His last name. <laughs> I've seen it too. I'm obsessed yeah, yeah, with yeah. Pride and Prejudice. I love it. I know, but I love, I just, I like him. I like the little hand flex. 
Colin first never had a hand flex. Whatever. Just saying. Whatever. Just saying. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Mrs. Medlock is played by Julie Walters, who is the voice of the witch in Brave, because I had to I make did a not know that. Disney connection. Did not know it, and I love it now. Yep, and also the wonderful, wonderful, precious Molly Weasley. I love her. She's the mother mm. of all mothers and Harry Potter. Mm. Because Harry Potter's mom died. Um, <laughs> she was also in Mamma Mia!, and the second with Mamma Colin Mia Firth. with Colin Firth. Hmm. And another Jane Austen tie. She played Mrs. Austen in Becoming Jane. That's right. Let's get back to these Jane Austen tie-ins. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, then we have Colin Craven played by Eden Hayhurst. And again, nothing I've seen. Yeah, he's also super young. Yep. Colin is the invalid. Yep. And Dickon is played by Amir Wilson. This was his second role. Full stop. Um, The other was The Kid Who Would Be King in 2019. Is this the Netflix one? I honestly don't know. I've never seen it. So, it sounds familiar, and I feel like I've seen him before when we were watching it. That might make sense. Okay. Yeah. And then, Martha, we have Isis Davis. Again, a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. I guess let's get into the plot, then. Let's do it. Let's do it. First things first. Different timelines. The book takes place turn of the century, early 1900s. Yeah. Where, so we're talking pre-World War One. Yep. Now, we're talking immediately post-World War Two, 1947. Which, I, it threw me off... When we when I started watching it, because it gives this little um, text block in the beginning talking about when the uh, India and Pakistan border they started having issues about you know all the civil unrest and it was you know the colonizers that were there were coming under attack and I was like I had to Google at first I was like wait a minute this was. When did this happen? Like the in the Pakistan? Because I don't I don't remember it showing the year. I just remember them talking about like the the civil unrest. And I go. I feel like that happened way later. Like that's a more contemporary topic than this book, which I thought I actually I thought took place in like the eighteen hundreds, but I was wrong. Um, so that threw me off right away. From and from I'm basing this off the nineteen ninety three adaptation now because that's my only basis for this so I was like all right something okay so that's how we're going to get introduced to uh mary is that because her, her she be, she's an orphan that's the whole reason she goes to her uncle's estate mm-hmm. is because she's an orphan and she's in india with her mother and father her mother is like a socialite her dad is i guess in the military something like that or he's some, or he's sort some of kind of government official yeah, yeah. You see him in the movie, you see him in uniform a little bit, and you're like, uh, okay. Um, so it makes it seem, in the 2020 adaptation, it makes it seem like, okay, they're having civil unrest, they're caught in the middle of it, they have to evacuate, probably something happens to her parents, this is why she's an orphan. Yet, we fast forward just a little bit, her mom still dies of cholera, and then... I don't think it's really clear what happens to her dad. 
I just assumed it was cholera, and when they yeah. when they introduced the movie, there's the text at the beginning. It says 1947. It is oh, the it does? Par- okay. yeah, it's the partition of British India and Pakistan, and yeah, that's yeah. actually when it did happen. It's when Pakistan was set as a separate territory. Right, right, right. Didn't mean the British were pulling out of India, which didn't happen until a few years later. Uh, right, but yeah. Why even introduce it like that if you're still going to make them die of cholera? Yeah, they still died. The mother still died of cholera. The dad maybe died of cholera too. It's never really clear. They're kind of like, who gives a fuck? She's an orphan now. Yeah. Uh, but in the book, still starts off. She's in India, but it's turn of the century. It's, you know, colonized India. I think her. I think it's the same sort of deal. Her mom is a socialite. Her dad's in the government or military or whatever. I think is an officer. Who knows? Well, in the um, in the movie, her mom is super depressed because of the death of her sister, and she just never goes out or anything like that. Nineteen ninety three yeah. movie. She's a she's going to parties all the time. But in the twenty twenty, she's just constantly laying on a couch or a chaise. But that was like, after that was after the death, but before because she was born in yeah. India. So before that, she was a socialite. So it's like, she was born, she was partying, her sister dies, whatever, whatever, which we're going to get into. Um, yeah, so the book, the socialite, et cetera, et cetera, in India, she has, like, no interaction with her parents. They want, like, nothing to do with her. While in the movie, you get this feeling in the beginning, like, her dad, she has a close relationship with her dad, and her dad mm-hmm. understands, but... She doesn't in the book, which, if you think about it, so we're dealing with the mega brat, right? And we just talked about how they're neglected, and that's why she acts this way. Which makes sense, because we've all known kids, like, if you don't socialize them, they're like dogs, you know, they even go a little rabid. Yeah. Uh, so the movie 2020 is kind of doing itself a disservice, because if she did have this relationship with her father, she shouldn't have been so... I feel like she was worse in the movie than she was in the book. Maybe yeah. slightly, but I feel like she was worse. So yeah. anyway, so they make it seem like she got this relationship. In the book, she doesn't. Her parents are both, like, want nothing to do with her. They're doing their own thing. Um, and then they both die of cholera. Yeah. But why she's... We get this montage of her struggling in the house by herself. She doesn't know what's going on. Is because... This is what's so weird, because the house looks like it's been left in a hurry, and it's sort of ransacked, which makes you think, like, was there some sort of struggle or violence that happened in the house, where in the book, it's just they went to the hospital, or somebody died, and they left the house, but the thing is, the servants left because they didn't want to get cholera, Yeah. Uh, but nobody remembered that there was a child there. That's how, like, depressing it is and how neglected she is that everyone abandoned this house and forgot that there was a child. (laughs) So they were like, peace out. Where in the movie it makes it seem like it was more sudden, it was more under, like, duress, there was some some sort of struggle where people were out and maybe she got lost in the commotion. That's why they didn't realize that she was still at the house. So she's at the house for, what, like a couple days? Yeah, and and the thing is, even if all of the English people left, went to the hospital, whatever, died, whatever they did, (laughs) anybody who comes to ransack the house and leaves it in the state that it's in is going to search every single room. So they're going to find her eventually. 
So the fact that she's just left alone doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, and I think in the movie she has like a little tent she makes in her like a little like blanket fort mm-hmm. in her room where she falls asleep. Can I? Do you remember when she starts the fire so she can read or do the little puppet show or whatever she's yeah. doing? Yeah. Th- Are we just adults and that's where we're like, oh my god, that's going to catch on fire? Because she literally starts this raging inferno in a bowl in her little blanket fort. And the flames are like six feet high. That's what I felt. That's what I saw. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kind of upset that we didn't see in the movie what we read in the book where she drinks the whole glass of wine and gets really oh, yeah. sleepy. It just goes yeah. and passes out. Which I mean... Wh- why? What's so bad? Maybe they're like, oh, children drinking alcohol. It, not on purpose. No. Not on purpose. It's like Dumbo when he gets into the champagne. She needs calories. Yeah, she's just hungry. And she's Started. thirsty. Everyone forgot about her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does. In the book, she gets kind of wasted and passes out and then mm. wakes up later. And I guess somebody finally finds her in the movie. Obviously, somebody finds her because now it's like, all right, you got to go. We mm-hmm. got to find somebody to take care of you. So her uncle it is. And now she's off to England. Um, how she gets there is very... It, I don't know if it's very different, but it's definitely different from the book to the movie to some other adaptations. Like, people are like, ah, oh, fuck it. What makes the most sense? And they put her on a boat, put her on a train, <laughs> put her mm-hmm. on camel, like, whatever. Like, just get her to England. <laughs> so, whatever. She gets to England, and that's where Mrs. Mad- Medlock picks her up and Miss Medlock is the estate manor, et cetera, et cetera, housekeeper. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, we, I watched all seasons of Downton Abbey. I still couldn't tell you what all those people are supposed to do, but she's one of them. The only one that, uh, the only ones that stand out to me are going to be, uh, Butler and, mm-hmm. uh, Footman. That's it. But then there's the house, Keeper, yeah, which I believe is like the head maid, yeah. And She's on par with the butler, yeah, but like the female version, yeah, because <laughs> they need to be different. I don't know. Yeah. So that's Mrs. Medlock. Um, in the movie, it makes her seem like insta villain, like me, 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 bitch, bitch, bitch. She's bitch. a bitch. Just, yeah, she's just, like, calling her ugly and all this stuff. And it's mean. She also does that in the book, but it's not like, uh, oh, you ugly bitch. It's more like, wow, you're a you're a weird-looking one, aren't you? Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Uh, we're going to this house. Nobody really likes kids, so you're just going to have to fucking deal with it. Yep. And it's, it's just, like, matter of fact. It's just blunt reality that she's giving her. Nothing is really coming across as... I don't like you. <laughs> well, and she essentially just tells Mary when they get there, she's like, you could just do whatever you want. I don't care. Just stay out of my way. Yeah. And like, here's your room and you can kind of have this room too. And that's it. Can you just not go in the 98 other rooms? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just go outside. Do whatever you want. Harass everyone else that works in this house. Just fucking stay <laughs> out of my alone. hair. Leave yeah. me alone. Where... In the movie, they make it almost seem like she's out for her. You yeah. know, like, I'm going to get him to send you away, and you're do this, and you're... Blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, okay. Like, Mrs. Weasley, we love you, but you're kind of being a bitch. Yeah. Unnecessarily. 
Well, and I, I put this in the notes, but Mrs. Medlock in the movie reminded me of Mrs. Norris from Mansfield Park. Yeah, and I wonder, like, is that what they were trying to go for? Is where she has to have sort of this evil stepmother figure-ish? Maybe. Because there wasn't anything like that in the book. Yeah. You just had a bunch of, like, curmudgeon-y, like, old workers, staff in this sort of run-down estate that are just like, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck, there's this kid here. Like, I haven't had a kid around here in, like, forever. Like, what do I do with this thing? (laughs) How do I I talk to her? I guess I'll call her a wench. I don't know. (laughs) That happens a lot in the book, too. He call that gardener calls her a wench every other paragraph. Like, I'm like, is this a term of endearment that I I thought wench was bad? (laughs) But Dickon also calls her wench. Yeah. Is that like the sass, the Yorkshire version of Sassanac? Like what? I I honestly don't know. I know that in college one time I decided to wear a German, traditional German dress. It's called mm. a dindel mm. to a Halloween party, and everybody mm. said, "Wench, fetch me some beer." I'm like, "No." Yeah, wouldn't it be Fräulein? Like, what is wench? What they are? They just that, kept calling me wench. It, it was a bunch of drunk frat boys. I would have just walked up in like a Nazi uniform. Really, yeah. isn't it a little too soon? <laughs> Get your own damn beer. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's it. That's the beginning. We get there. She's at the estate. Woo! Yay! Now, in the book, she spends a majority of the time like just dicking around. Like she does not know how to be a child. They're like, just go outside, go do something. And she's I, like, what? Why? I just picture her standing in front of some of the garden staff or the house staff, just like standing there staring at them, just looking she does at them do like. That entertain me she does that to yeah. the gardener yeah like she literally just walks up to him just stands there and she's like mm. talk to me what are you doing and he's mm. like that's my robin you stupid wench what do you want <laughs> you know what i do like about the gardener though is mm. that he has this um he uh, i i connected with him a little bit because He'd be like, who are you? All right, cool. Yeah, I guess you're not bothering me too bad. And then he's like, all right, I'm over this. I'm done with it. Get the fuck away from me. (laughs) And I'm like, that's... I relate to that. (laughs) I'm like, I can tolerate this for a little bit. And I'd be like, nah, I'm done with it. I'm bored. (laughs) And then he's just like, fuck off, kid. And she's like, all right. I still like you, though. In my own bratty way. I think she relates to him because she's also like that. Yeah. She's just an old curmudgeonly sold like she actually fits more in this house than she than you realize because she's just like that she's just like this 60 year old soul that's like get off my lawn <laughs> don't look at she's me like, like that that's essentially somebody gives her the martha gives her the jumper up she's like what's this what what am i supposed to do what is this what is this trash this is a waste of my time uh, but then she's yeah, so, kind of like you. She becomes competitive with herself, and she's like, "I can do this many jumps." Yeah, and then I can do this many jumps. Yeah, like I fucking hate it. But yeah. if it's like, oh, you can't do it. Like, watch me, watch me. I'm about to go to the Olympics jumping rope. Yep. Like, 
<laughs> shit's about to get real. Yeah. But really what's happening is that's just the ploy for them to get her out from under their feet. Yeah. And she's like, I'll show them. And they're like, oh, look at her go. Thank God. <laughs> we got like two hours before she gets hungry. Yeah. So in the book, they let her like, go. Do whatever you want. We're going to ring a bell, which means we're going to put some food out for you. I guess come and get it. But nobody's really like, where have you been? Nobody cares. Yeah. But in the movie, Mrs. Medlock is like, where'd she go? Where are you then? Why are you dirty? Why are you this? Literally nobody cares in the book. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, I don't know why they had this insta-villain Mrs. Medlock in the movie. It just, it, it created unnecessary drama when there's already like, the drama exists there. Mm-hmm. The drama is she's a child left to her own devices trying to find this hidden garden. That's her mission, right? Yeah. Um, and she's trying to do it in secrecy. Even well, though, like, nobody really cares. <laughs> there's a lot more talk of the garden in the book than there is in the movie before she finds it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, in the movie, that dog leads her, like, she doesn't even realize that there's a garden. Yeah. She just is, like, wondering where this dog is coming from. And then the dog, like goes under he like digs under the gate or something and it's all like grown over she's like what is this and if a dog that size can fit under the wall in that Mm -hmm. hole why did she have to climb over the freaking wall i don't know i also don't like the way they portrayed the garden or developed the garden in the movie it made it seem like it was this jungle out in the middle of nowhere that she's trekking to and had to scale this wall where in the book it's like hey this is a traditional English estate. We have um, all these blocked off gardens, right? One does yeah. vegetables, one does this, whatever. And then there's one here that just, like, you know, is locked. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like, everyone knows it's there. It's just locked. It wasn't, like, a secret per se. It was more, we don't go in there. Yeah. Like, that used to be Uncle Jimmy's room. We have it locked off now. Like, like <laughs> And I think in the the book, it's the bird that shows her the key. But if you remember, the key is in the garden. It's in, like, some statue in the garden in the movie. In the movie, yeah. But in the in the book, it's in buried under some hedges or something. It's I actually buried, and she has to dig it up. But I wonder if it's... It, it didn't seem like it was buried deep as if somebody purposely buried it it makes it seem like somebody locked the gate dropped the key walked away then some wind animals like moved it a little bit and then it just got like overgrown yeah which makes sense like yeah yeah. like somebody's like fuck this garden Mm -hmm. threw the key and just like walked off um but the bird is the one that shows her or she the bird shows her the keyhole Mm-hmm. And then she starts searching and finds the key somehow. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. She finds the key and she goes in. Doesn't climb over. Doesn't fall. Doesn't end up in, like, Jumanji. She just <laughs> opens a, a garden that's dead. It like, would have been more entertaining if it was Jumanji because at least Kevin Hart and The Rock would have been there. Or Robin Williams. Yes. Or Robin Williams. Yes. But that's another thing. Like, in the book, it makes her say, like, the, the garden is dead. Nobody's mm-hmm. been in there for 10 years. We find out later that the gardener kind of went in a little bit because, you know, he was uh, he was close with the, the wife. Because mm-hmm. it was the wife. This is what we missed. It's it's the wife's 
the dead wife's garden. Um, so let's not talk about Colin because in the movie she meets Colin a lot sooner than she does in the book. In the book, she's the first half of the book is just her dicking around outside and with the garden. Um, well, and when and she, finds she finds the garden, then she meets Dickon, but she yeah. doesn't meet Colin until a little bit later. Yeah. In the book. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's like the last third of the book is really them together in the mm-hmm. garden. There's a little section there where Dickon's helping her, like, grow stuff. Because mm-hmm. he's a child of the outdoors and apparently knows how to do this. He's one with nature. He is. He talks yeah. to animals. And he's he's Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. yeah, he's just he's just really good. You know what? Maybe that's why I keep thinking he's Jamie. Because remember in the first couple episodes, like he's out like sleeping with the horses <laughs> and trade him stuff. Maybe that's why. I, mean. <laughs> uh, I think he had different. Sassanacked. I think he had different reasons for sleeping with the horses than it doesn't than matter. Dickon does. Doesn't matter. Uh, Doesn't matter. That, that, that uh, yeah. pesky price on his head, I mean. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Dickon could have price on his head, too. You don't know. He could be a bad boy. I mean, he is a 12-year-old in turn-of-the-century England, so. Yeah. He already had a full-time job. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was bringing home wages. He was thaving. <laughs> That's what he was doing. <laughs> so... Uh, the way that she, Mary, finds her cousin, the, the Craven's son, Colin, is he, she hears him crying. But everyone in the house is like, no, this is the win. This is the win. And she's like, you're all fucking crazy. What are you talking about? That's definitely somebody, like, bawling their shit out. Uh, so, in the no, movie, that's somebody straight like, up throwing a fucking fit. That's yeah, what like, that is. Like, she goes, I do this all the time. I know exactly what that sounds like. <laughs> and I know what it now. sounds like because it's me, usually. Yeah, yeah. She's like, and now this is not me. Who's stealing my thunder? <laughs> so <laughs> she find, she goes looking for her. In the book, um, she finds some door covered in a tapestry. It's kind of the same thing in the movie. I think she sees Mrs. Medlock coming out of it. And then she like walks in and he's like who are you okay this is what i don't like about the movie they have this sort of standoff where she's like what did my uncle and he's like my dad and they're like no and it didn't really matter like they just (laughs) wanted to make them seem like just the shittiest of shitty children where in the book they're just like oh hey it's another kid what are you doing why are you in here why you got a wheelchair why you don't walk he's like why are you here why is your mom dead you know like he they Normal kid stuff, right? Yeah. Like normal, unsocialized children <laughs> finding another. Like they're like two feral cats meeting each other out in the yard. Like <laughs> it's the shit everybody in their twenties, thirties, forties they think about saying, and then they're like, "Wait, no, proper etiquette." Yeah, I'll try I to be polite. Should but no. not say this to people. No, but kids are like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, why you look like that? Why you look like you're dying? Because I am dying. You're not dying. You don't know. Well, I'm gonna have a hump like my dad does. Like, that- <laughs> like it would be. That's- it would be like that episode of The Sandman that we watched last night, where he manipulates oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. things so everybody's honest and the whole he's world like, goes to shit. No, nobody's lying. It's gonna be great. And he's where it's like, no, no, that's- it's really not. No, no. Mm-mm. But you know, they're kids, and that's what kids do. Yeah. And then they're kind of like. They have a, a like a teeny bit of a power struggle between them, like minor. Yeah. Even throughout the rest of the book, it's kind of like 
you wouldn't do that. Yes, I would. You know, like, I go get me that. And like, I'm not getting you that. Get yourself. You know, he's like, no, I'm going to scream. She's like, you scream, I'll never come back. And he's like, no. Like, that's all they do. But in the yeah. movie, they made it so contentious. Yeah. Unnecessarily. I didn't like it. It was just annoying, too. The kids the kids were super annoying. The way they were acting, I was like, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Or maybe it's just because I just generally dislike children. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Except your own, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love the kids. I love them so much. So much. <laughs> so... In the movie, now just there's more of real, this, like, back and forth. Go for it, quick, go for real it. Real quick, um, if you ever do listen to this, Annabelle, I do love you. Hmm. No, we love all of you. We just don't always like you. Well, I, t- I tell that to Nick all the time. My lovely husband. <laughs> Your husband. Yeah. Actually, I love on you, the phone, but I don't really love you. <laughs> on the phone last night, he's like, Mommy doesn't love me anymore. Mommy doesn't love me all the time. I'm like, no, I love you all the time. I just don't like you very much sometimes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, here's the... Okay. I'm going to talk about the 1993 adaptation just a little bit. And this is why the book and this adaptation, the new one, 2020, let me down. Is because what I remember... From the 1993 adaptation and confirmed because we watched it and I'm like okay it wasn't just me remembering it as a child it's the fact that in the 1993 they make this story about these kids overcoming shit right they they all have some sort of shittiness mm-hmm. dickon you know he's poor but he still like has this amazing outlook on life mm-hmm. the two little rich kids they their parents like neglect them their their parents died they like they have like one fourth a parent left between the two of them um but this garden brings them together and that's where like the magical sense comes from where there's really nothing there's no phenomena happening in the garden it's normal like they're planting stuff and it's growing Mm -hmm. but the symbolism here is that it's growing because they're caring for it yeah and it's coming back to life because they're loving it, right? Yeah. And that's what the movie 1993 portrays. So you have more of this interaction between the three of them. There's, you know, a little bit drama here and there where I think Colin's a little bit jealous of uh, Mary and Dickon. You get a little bit of that. But that's it. It's like, it's a story about children where in the book, it just felt kind of flat it was like, oh, yeah, okay, I found my cousin. No, Dick and I were going to go out, and then we're in the garden, and yay. That's what. That's how it read to me. I was like, okay. And then the movie that one reviewer was talking about how it was, like, hallucinating, it is kind of what it feels like. Cause you're like, wait, where did all these flowers come from? Like, why is there a waterfall? Like, <laughs> like this is a garden in some Yorkshire estate on a moor. Like, where the fuck is this waterfall yeah. coming from? Um, and it, it was just, like, always this them seeing who could outbrat the other while Dickon is sort of just in the background, like, okay, I'm here when you guys are done. <laughs> and then there's, like, the the movie has this dramatic thing with the house fire where it's, like, first of all, why is the house on fire? To, like, and then it, it, they make it seem like now the father realizes, like, 
he how much he's missed of his son's life and he loves him so the father like drunkenly stumbles to the bedroom to try and get his son and his son's not in the bed because he's out in the garden and he's like i'm not leaving without my son and it's like dude he's not in here and you just standing here staring at the empty bed isn't gonna find him if if you really were concerned but we're probably both going to die now. And I love how it's the 10-year-old little girl that runs back yeah. to find him. She's like, I know where he is. Where she could have easily been like, oh, he's most likely in his son's bedroom if any of you adults or firefighters that just showed up would like to go get him. <laughs> but no, she runs up there. And then there's this thing with the, the twins' uh, sisters, her mother and aunt is like, guiding them through the house and then she has this thing with her mother at the end where it's like i love you and it's like yeah i don't understand given the source material why did they have to inject so much mystical shit yeah it's they're like secret garden it's magical like it it is magical things could be magical without them being supernatural yeah like like, mm. it's called nature and also, it's just they spent so much time on the story about the sisters and her mother. It's like, we didn't need it. Mm-hmm. The story is that her parents were shit and neglected her. And now she's growing without him. And she found a pseudo family in Mrs. Medlock and Martha and Dickon and Colin and her uncle. Like, she doesn't need her dirtbag parents, right? Yeah. But whatever. In the book, though... It was, I don't know. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, cool, we're all happy now. Bye. <laughs> it was just the servants were overjoyed to see Colin walking back to the house with uh, his father. Because up yeah. until that point, they'd only ever seen him in a wheelchair. And mm-hmm. they were just shocked. Uh, he'd been play-acting the whole time with Mary. That he was still really sick and on the verge of death. Mm. But really just getting stronger because he wanted to surprise his father. And then I don't understand why they departed from the book where the father goes off and travels. And has this Mm. epiphany in Switzerland, of all places. And comes back and says, okay, where's my son? I want to see my son. Yeah. Which, that's where the 1993 adaptation, like, kind of follows the book a bit more. Because that's what we're getting. Mm -hmm. Um... Another thing is, yeah, with the travel with the dad, because that's why with Colin Firth playing um, uh, Craven, yeah, Archibald Craven, I was like, why are we spending so much time with him? Like, he's not even supposed to be here. Yeah. But he's always there. And they always show him, like, out in the front drive, like, stumbling and getting yeah. in the car and leaving. And he's, like, throwing stuff out. Because the one thing we didn't talk about is in the movie, since it is right post-World War II... They talk about how the mansion is in the state it is because the army, the military, used it as a field hospital, yeah. which is common. That's what they did. But they that's what they did. They needed the space and the resource, so they did that. So what you're seeing is like there's a lot of leftover material, res- uh, objects, items. You see like the t- the tank tracks in the front. Mm-hmm. Did you see? So they, they they created this whole part of the setting, and it's like, it really didn't matter, like, at all. Yeah. But Isn't, you just see Colin yeah. out there going crazy, and you're like, go away, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, in the book, he has one conversation with Mary when she first gets to Mistlethwaite. Yeah. And then, at the very end of the book, 
they catch up with him in in Switzerland, I think, or yeah. Italy, something. And that's when they talk about his epiphany that he had about how he misses his son. He wants to go back and his wife is calling him back from the garden. And... Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's about all the magic the movie needed. That's yeah. it. Yeah, magic right there. Not supernatural. Yeah. To the point. Yeah. Also, this is with the book, too. He's a hunchback. Not like a severe hunchback. He's not like Quasimodo. But he has a hunchback. Mm-hmm. And they always talk about it. And it's... I feel like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it has no bearing on anything except for the son. Like, I'm going to have a hunch like my dad. And it's like, no, you're not. Okay, cool. Let's never talk about this again. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it speaks to a lot of the time frame when the book was written Mm. about how people felt about physical deformities and stuff like Mm. that. But they kept it in the 2020 adaptation in 1947 where I really don't think anyone cared. No. They're like, you survived the war? Great. Good for you. Yeah. Good looking, dude. Yeah. You got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's I'll marry kind of you. rare for this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so th- th- there's that. Um, but that's probably the biggest thing at the end with the departure is that that fire. It made no sense. That's why I put at the end in the outline departure. Um, fire. Fire. Where's this fire? Where's this fire coming from? Like, did he set the fire? Did it, By accident, did he, he did. Fall as- did he? He, like, fell asleep or something yeah, stupid like that? something, some stupid, like, ream of papers or something. He was just walking along, dropped it somewhere, and, oh, no, the whole <sighs> house is on fire. Also, he's, like, a raging alcoholic. Yeah, because yeah. of the hunchback and everything. And the depression and his the dead beautiful wife, wife and, died. Yeah. Also, the way they die is different, like... It kind of, okay, so the tree that she dies on in the movie is, like, symbolic because I guess she was sick, and that's why her sister came back from India to stay with her while she died, but I guess she died in the tree, like, just sitting there. But in the book, she dies in the garden. That's why the garden's shut down and why he hates it, because, one, she loved it, two, that's where she died. If she's in the tree swing... And I believe she's pregnant, but maybe like six months, seven, like she's not full term. Mm-hmm. The branch snaps. She falls. Obviously, enough, I guess the branch falls on her. I don't know. She falls in a way where she's not doing too great, sends her into preterm labor, and she dies during childbirth. Mm-hmm. Which and is that's tragic. And that's why he won't, also, yeah, like he won't have yeah. anything to do with Colin and yeah. hates the garden. So. Because he was born really prematurely, and I guess everyone's like, ooh, he's not looking too good. He's mm-hmm. a small baby. I don't know. We don't have incubators. Yeah. Uh, this isn't going to turn out well. Yeah. But he does. He makes it through. He does just fine. But the dad spent 10 years going, no, no, any day now. Any day he's going to. Like, at what point do you just go, he's going to be Okay. <laughs> Well, in in the movie, it almost seemed like kind of a a sharp objects kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Trying to, like, with the, well, even in the book, when you have the doctor Uh going there and constantly giving him medicines and stuff like that. But they explain it in the book where it's his 
something something uncle cousin where like yeah if colin dies then he would be the next heir yeah and he's a poor doctor so he, him dying would give him a lot of money but then like the way the doctor interacts with everyone doesn't make it seem like he's like that it seems like he's really rooting for him yeah he's like oh wow that's great just yeah. you know take it easy though don't do too much yeah not like oh no you shouldn't let me give you this blue liquid and <laughs> yeah but then uh, Mrs. Medlock in the movie, she's like, uh, your cheeks are too rosy. You have too much color. I'm going to put you in this ice bath. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, bitch. First of all, when did you become a doctor? I'm pretty sure you're a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Let's just stick to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, happily ever after, I guess, like... Colin's not in a wheelchair all the time, and the garden has roses. Yeah. And in the movie, Um, they're jumping in the little disgusting little pond. Oh, yeah, that is gross. Standing water is Standing water in the moor. Yeah. Nasty. They're all going to get, like, some sort of skin-eating bacteria. And Mr. Darcy is rebuilding the house, so. That's right, because he set it on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Yeah. One of my uh, childhood favorites just ruined in a matter of like a week, so. So with that, why don't we talk about our reviews? Jack, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, You were a little harsher than I was, I will admit. Just a tad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Book. I'm going to go 3.7 out of 5 because it was just meh, but on the higher side of meh. Um, And I really have no backup for that or any kind of justification. It's just, it is what it is. And the movie, I will say 3 out of 10 overall. It was just really jarring and off-putting changes from the book. The movie did not seem genuine at all. And it was very, very difficult to uh, become invested in any of the characters. I don't care yeah. which one you're talking about. I don't give a shit about any of them. <laughs> I don't give a shit. No. Even the dog. I'm like, fuck that dog. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I felt bad for the dog was when it got its foot trapped in the the trap. The bear, cl- the bear trap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I don't like to see him get hurt, but after that, I was like, fuck that dog. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Go run off, you dirty What butt. purpose do you serve? None. None at all. <sighs> yeah. I think Dickens' goose in the 1993 movie had more purpose than that that dog. And I think we yeah. saw that goose for, like, all well, of ten seconds. Not to mention the baby deer. The baby deer. And the baby goat. Or lamb or sheep. Lamb. Sheep. <laughs> lamb. I just... I, baby sheep. He just had baby everything. Baby sheep. Okay. My time. Okay. So the first birthday pick. Here we go. Book, I'm giving it a two out of five. And that's because it wasn't trash, but I want the 1993 story. Movie, 2 out of 10. Because, again, I want the 1993 movie. So there's one star for Colin Firth, and there's a second star for Mrs. Weasley. Even though I fucking hated her as Mrs. Medlock, she was still great. Yes. So they both get a star, and that's it. Nothing else. (laughs) So when it comes down to read, watch, or DNF, Jackie... I say read if you're going to have to do one, but Mel thinks differently. I say don't do either. Fuck both of them. Just go watch the 1993 movie. (laughs) 
and have a good time. Yeah. Well, look at that. There we go. That was a quickie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to move on to uh, my next pick, which is what, Jackie? The color purple. The color purple is one of my favorites. And Jackie had actually never seen this movie or read this book. So this was her virgin eyes and ears for this. It was rough, too. Um, and just so you guys know, at the end of the movie, I looked at Mel at one point, and I'm just like, I'm not crying, you're crying. But I was, to- I was totally, I was totally crying. Like, tears running down the face, almost sobbing. Hmm. But they were tears yeah. of joy. Tears of joy, yeah. yes. Definitely tears of joy. Yes. So, we're going to shed our tears of joy right now for finishing this episode. Yay. It's over. Yay. Yay. That's how I'm going to feel about the end of the Exorcist episode, I think. That's right. (laughs) Because the next one we're doing after Color Purple is the Exorcist. We did a, like, a watch party with Jackie, so she didn't have to watch it by herself. So, now she's working on the book. And for those of you on social media who happen to follow us, the picture of me with the blanket over myself Mm -hmm. is pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Annabelle, for loaning me your blanket. Your Hufflepuff <laughs> blanket. All right. Okay. Well, you know, there we go. Yeah. Until next time. Bye. Bye.